I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey, y'all. We are back with a special offer from our family over at Magic Mind. You can get one month free when you subscribe for three months if you go on Magic Mind and use our specific link which we'll have in our description of the episode and be sure to use the code bwh20 it's an extra 20 percent off which gets you up to 75 percent off total so this lasts just until the end of january we only got a few days left so y'all go ahead and check that out hey y'all welcome back to another episode of black women healing podcast and uh we're trying a little something different today we're using a system called riverside and we're gonna see how this visual piece works uh, so bear with us. But as usual, we have a special guest. And we're going to introduce our special guest in just a second. Uh, so with our podcast, Nikki, we always start off with a quote by a black woman and then we just reflect on it. So this really, I guess, I mean, it's a quote, but Nisi Nash recently uh, during her acceptance speech for the Emmys said, I want to thank me for believing in me and doing what they said I could not do. So what do you think about this quote, Art? It's a quote. Yeah. What do you think about this, Marvin? I think it's a great quote because I feel like oftentimes we don't acknowledge ourselves when we have worked so hard to get somewhere. So I think that I like how she just flat out blatantly did it in our faces because it was a reminder for us to thank ourselves for how far we've come. And I think for me, it was a reminder of no matter if you feel like you may have had like a loss to even thank yourself for trying. I think that's where my mind kind of went because she has busted her ass. I watch a lot of Nisi Nash stuff. And so even realizing like that was her first time, I was like, wait, 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 this can't be the first. But this yeah. is true. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Nakia? What do you think about it? Hey, so um, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, Snoop Dogg actually did that. Snoop Dogg said it mm-hmm. and it was a meme going around and everyone started to use it. And even I used it. And, what I liked about this time was a black woman said it because oftentimes we don't say that for ourselves. We, we give the credit, but we don't receive it for ourselves. So I like that she did that. Absolutely. I didn't even know Snoop Dogg said it, but <laughs> it makes sense. But I, I agree. Like, you're right. Like hearing a black woman say that, um, just like the confidence. And also mm-hmm. it's, right like what she's saying is absolutely real like I look she most definitely has been popped up and she's been in so many different types of roles too that's the thing like but so okay so we like that we're here for that mm-hmm. uh quote so I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest so Nikki is a passionate advocate for menstrual health and hygiene as well as the finder the founder of hygiene first a groundbreaking company dedicated to providing innovative solutions for menstrual care. With a deep understanding of the challenges women face in managing their periods, Nakia has made it her mission to empower individuals by offering safe, sustainable, and comfortable menstrual hygiene products through her vending machines and global workshops. Through her tireless efforts and commitment to quality, Nakia ensures that the information not only meets the highest of standards, but also highlights the inequity to the underfunded community for all gender, but most importantly, women and girls. With Nakia at the helm, Hygiene First 
is revolutionizing the way we approach hygiene by fostering a more inclusive and supportive environment for people of all genders. Yes. Look. <laughs> Look. Oh my god. Yo, come through. <laughs> like cool. do you understand? Wow, this is amazing. It's like I knew a little bit of this, but I didn't even know all of this. Wow, you have vending machines? Yeah, girl, I want to thank me. Let me, you know, when yeah. you hear somebody <laughs> remind you. Yeah. <laughs> when you're writing yourself in the third person, I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I do this. Okay. I hope she likes that. If not, you could change it. Hearing it back, it's like, girl, you do that too? That's right. You did write that. Yes. I want to thank me. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into it because we, we want to hear more. So how did hygiene first come into fruition? Good question. So hygiene first actually was originated as perfectly packaged you and, uh, perfectly packaged you came into fruition because, you know, some years ago I shared this story more, but I felt like now that I moved away from it, I don't share it as much. Um, and not for no reason. So I'm happy to revisit it that when we had in my lifetime the housing crisis in like 26 27 um i'm young i live in irvine with my son and people start losing their jobs um i end up losing my job i stayed to the very very end before they closed the doors and although i was an admin in it it still was connected to a real estate company um being black young with a kid in irvine was really hard because now i'm looking for work um I'm having to reintroduce myself to the world um, and interviewing. I'm now seeing the profiling happening again. And it brought me into a slight depression. Financially, we started to run out of everything. Um, so eventually, I became homeless. Um, so being homeless, I understood after re getting past that part of my life how important hygiene is. Um, Oftentimes when you are deciding, do I want gas? Do I want to eat? Or am I going to buy these essentials for the things that I need, like interviewing or for my son to have deodorant to go to school, not, you know, to feel confident. Sometimes I didn't do that because I wanted to make sure that we had food or gas to get where we needed to get to. Mm -hmm. um, so I created Perfectly Packaged You once I went through that period because I wanted to provide sustainable conversations really for women to have with girls. And I mean, Everyone, of course, but my passion is women and girls. I wanted to create something where women can have a resource and to provide essentials to have the talk about hygiene, specifically around menstrual cycles and just in general body self-care. So during the COVID times, I changed the name to Hygiene First because I wanted to be like, you know, initiatives, but that's how Hygiene First came to fruition. Thank you for sharing that story. I'm curious what has been your favorite part in doing the work that you're doing? Ooh, meeting people. Um, ooh, yeah, meeting the people. You know, I I don't like to say that I'm in this political space, although I'm connected to it because of all the work that I'm doing, all of the partners I work with. I get to see behind the curtains. And what my favorite part about all of that is, is I don't want to be behind the curtains. I like to be in the community. So my favorite part is really meeting people, connecting and collaborating in spaces that gets to enhance this message you know, bigger than what I have on my platform. So then what would, what would you say have been the challenges? The people. 
<laughs> and specifically the people with the both. Yes. It's rewarding because of the end user. The challenge is the gatekeepers. And I'll just be very transparent with them. Um, oftentimes I run into people looking at me versus a solution. You know, like, well, we don't need that right now. Well, what do you mean you don't need that? How do you know what your students need when you're not even polling them, but you're having me to speak to them? And I poll students when I go into these schools and they're asking for things. You're not saying it's your problem, but you're also not making it a solution. Why? So having to get past those barriers, which shouldn't be there because we know that bullying takes place. We know that um, self-care and lack of self-care can come in all forms and it could manifest in ways that, you know, where you're not producing at work, you're not producing in school, you're not producing in the relationship. And all of these things are not hygiene related, but they are connected. So sometimes the people can be the challenge. Would you say you've had any challenges like personally? Um, because I'm hearing like you're having to interact with people. So I'm wondering how that is just on you like personally. Have you had any challenges that you feel like you face outside of like actual face-to-face -face interactions, if that makes sense? Like, do you ever go home and be like, why am I actually doing this? All the time. Like the first, I've been doing this since 2016 as far as a business. Um, when maybe the first four years, I was like, I don't want to do this no more. I, I, I'm tired. Like, I literally spend my own money. I fund a lot. I give more than I get on the financial side. And that's starting to shift some. But, yeah, I thought about that. But I also think about when I get to see the people that I help. Like, I have grown adult, adult young people in college or those who are working now would say, hey, I remember you. I bring this to my school now because of you. Or I share this amongst my community and I'm reminded that there's purpose in this. And so I focus on the purpose now. Purpose mm -hmm. equals impact. So there we go. That part, period. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I know a little bit about you, but I know that you are a part of so many different things. Um, and I oftentimes personally am like, how... How is Nakia doing all of this? Like, <laughs> seriously, oh my goodness. Like, I be feeling like I got some stuff going on, but you're a part of organizations. You have businesses, plural. I feel like you have books. You're, it's like on a child. <laughs> my grandma. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I just, like, a global trip, like, is wild. Like, it's just so much that you do. So, how do you manage, like, being a part of all these different things? Um, it's it's so surreal that I'm being asked this question by two amazing women of color. Um, therapy. <laughs> therapy. It, it, last year and the year before, it was just like, it was a lot. I want to say since COVID, it really started to show itself. It was already manifested, but it really started to show that I was overextending myself. I was saying yes to everything. And none of it was connected to what I really wanted in my purpose or what was for me to thrive in. And now everything that I do is intentional. So like when I'm chairing our public policy or hosting a gala for our 100 Black Women OC chapter, you have my attention. When I am in Black Girl Social Club and I'm doing our thing there, you have my attention. And when I'm twerking, y'all got my attention. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's my outlet. And I find because of spaces like, you know, twerk um, and, and just connecting outside of that with the women, you know, that I get to have that space with. You guys really deflate me 
from everything else. So when I show back up in those other spaces, I can be present for them because I know that I have a separate presence to myself. There. Like this moment. <laughs> like everywhere you yeah. go. Well, first of all, like you said, that was the core, but also like this piece yeah. of in all these spaces you are present. Like you try not to be like at one space thinking about this other thing you gotta do and other thing, which kind of limits you even having to manage too much because when you're there, you're there and when you're not, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually yeah. huge. Yes. Yeah. What I basically heard was you chose community for you to deflate you so that way you can be inflated in the other spaces. <laughs> I'm using your word. Exactly. All what That's I'm hearing is around community, but being that you have the communities you pour into, but the communities that pour into you, which I think is so important because we oftentimes don't talk enough about what it looks like to heal in community and be fed by your community. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, like when we're struggling, we isolate or feel like, you know, they don't care about me, but I'm hearing from you. You're like, no, I'm actually intentional with this, which I feel like for those who are listening, needs to be thinking about that a little bit more too. 100%. I didn't experience this until really, I started doing twerk two years ago, coming into two years. And my first, my reason for going is I was separated from a relationship. Um, what you say? You go in and out. Can you start oh. over from the beginning? Oh, okay. Can you hear me okay now? Yep. Oh, perfect. Um, when I started twerking about almost two years ago now, I went initially because I was separating from a relationship. Mm. And I just needed to do something. And I felt like, okay, I'm, I went to do pole, but when I saw these women, you know, listening to the music that I love and dancing, it just, something in me was like, that's what you need. You just want to shake the stuff away. You just need to remove yourself. And that first year, I felt like I did that. This second year, I feel like now it is my personal space. It's where I'm poured into. I, I feel seen and I feel individualized and not as a group where I am in other spaces. So it definitely is where I'm heard and seen. So I heard that originally you started doing it because of separating from a relationship and you found that that's how you were navigating through it. But over time you were like, actually this is just my space to, to have my space. Yes. I love women, that. They make me feel, women helping women is <laughs> it's unmatched. Especially black women helping black women. women more because I feel like I'm in conversation where I have the women in my life that are like, yes, I love being around women. And then I have the women in my life that are like, I don't really trust women like that. So, you know, I got you and I got one other girlfriend, but I mainly hang around men because women are not to be trusted. I'm not on that side. I feel like it's important for women to pour into women. And even you talking about the work that you're doing, it, you know, focus on women, right? What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I know I sidetracked a little bit, but we're talking about, you know, pouring into other women, women pouring into you. But I feel like that's a conversation we also need to have more of. How do we lean into feminine energy and, you know, just woman support? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. And in the event that you can't hear me, please cut me off. Um, I, I, I want to say that I have always been a girl's girl, but I'm an introvert extrovert mm -hmm. where I have found the best versions of myself is now creating and participating in spaces where it fits me. So yeah. I, I, I removed some of my old networking spaces. Like these are great women in their own right, but I don't want to hang around you. We, we don't speak the same language. We're not in the same vibrational space. 
And everywhere in any any um, organization or any event that I'm a part of, these women speak the same energy. Um, so I think that where a woman can find her best space is where she is in her best space. And you're going to continue to elevate. So you're going to change that network too, but you want to build a network that is not a single one. You want to deal multiples, tap in and out. Don't stick around. Just tap in and tap out. <laughs> I love that response. That's perfect. Y'all heard that. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> um, I feel like you never know until you give it a try. And I think with any relationship, it can have multiple tries. So just because you may have had a relationship with a woman that may have burned you, that doesn't mean that there are not other women that will not burn you. And I think oftentimes, so I'm reading um, Dr. Joy's book about Sisterhood Hills. What we learn about relationships are from our parents, right? Mm. And so even challenging yourself to say, okay, this is what I do want to take from them, but the parts where they struggle, how can I do something a little bit different? Like my mom was really big on friends. Um, so I feel like that's one thing I did get from her. She's like, you treat your friends good. Like you always do that just because you just don't know. But on the other side, if I had an issue with a friend, it was she's jealous of you. But now as an adult, I'm like, no, I got to hold myself accountable too because I'm not always a good friend. So let me also challenge myself and ask like, what am I doing to that woman for her to respond to me in that way? Because it could also be me too. Did I say something that may have triggered her? Am I maneuvering in a way that she's not used to, right? So that's what I think it is. Like, you just got to challenge yourself to say, let me try other relationships. Absolutely. I agree. I think, I feel like I was talked about this on this podcast before. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. If I meet women at this present day um, and and they have that statement of like, oh, I, I don't hang with women because whatever, I typically won't be your friend because I feel like you have some work to do yeah. to think that because that's for people. That's everybody. You know, mm-hmm. when you you given these men or however these people identify other people chances, why are women not worth the chance to exactly. <laughs> like that doesn't add up to me. But again, like you said, these narratives of women, mm-hmm. they're jealous or whatever the things are. It's like that can be anybody. Uh, like seriously like it it doesn't matter so that's my personal thing if you're if you're on that we we not we not friendship level but you know we cool i mean it's not a bad thing it just tells me you have some things to work through yeah um but the mom thing that just that sparked it too because like my mom she she's not a she's my mom is so friendly she's one of the people that somebody comes up in the grocery store and they just start telling their whole life. Like she's one of those, like that spirit aura. But when it comes to like genuine, like friendships, consistent, sustainable, she's not that girl. Wow. Like she's not hanging with friends. She'll talk to somebody maybe like every blue moon that she ain't talked to in years and have a whole conversation with them <laughs> and will not talk to them again. She For don't years. Maybe she don't talk about her business. She's very private, you know? And so like you're saying, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be in the house, like not having again, like consistent, sustainable friendships. I feel like that's how we grow. Like it's, you know, and my mama home, right. It works for her, but I know that's, that's not how I want to show up, you know? Uh, But that's a good one though. Thinking of how our parents and people around us growing up, how, they navigated friendships. Well, my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, hold on now. My daddy. Do we have friends? I feel like he's I feel like he's friendlier than, than <laughs> like he's 
This is the first shift in my mom, actually. But yes. what about what you thinking yeah. about it? Kind of talking about this, this, this circle. I'm agreeing, and you know, I, I, I'll go to yesterday. So yesterday, I was fortunate enough to celebrate 45, and it yesterday just felt even now, but it felt like a celebration. Um, after going through a healing journey, which you, no one tells you, oh, you're going through a healing journey. You might hear it, but you know, you don't know it, or you, you don't know until you say something is, something is happening here and you have to surrender to it. Once you surrender to that, everything is on the table, like everything. Um, I'm a daddy's girl. I love my mom. I mean, we're good, but I'm a daddy's girl. And what I realized after really going through the journey is I learned some behaviors from both of you and you know you guys got it unfortunately from your parents and your community but i learned to be fearful in ways that really made no sense you know i didn't travel because i was afraid of what it looked like um i didn't travel alone like i'm taking my first solo trip this year um but that's because now i, I hang around people that travel i hang i've been able to do a little traveling um i the language when someone says well you shouldn't trust that well why <laughs> you know Give me a reason why, and then let me understand so I can explore that. But just because the idea is there is not enough for me anymore. Um, so I agree that our parents can transfer things to us without even knowing that they're doing it. And through my healing, I'm finding that they're learning what healing looks like for them to explore their own version of that, which now is opening the world for them to view their friendships and elevate in ways where they can now connect to the real people in their life. If that makes sense. Well, you up for a second. The last thing that we heard was what they're learning in their life, I believe. Yeah. You know, they need to learn. <laughs> Sometimes they say, you can't teach your parents old dog new tricks. And I'm like, yeah, you can. Change them treats. <laughs> Give them something else to go after. <laughs> and, you know, my mom, my mom created her first business uh, last year. So she does hair. Uh, well, she sells hair and all that stuff. And um, she participated in a small business summit for a hundred black women for one of our events. And I told her I was going, I knew I wasn't, I was going with my black girl social club to go, you know, throw something. And I sent her there by herself. So she was forced to network. She was forced to talk to people. She was forced to be in a room where she had to talk about herself, her business and why she was there. And now coincidentally next month or next Saturday for the black history parade in Orange County, she's a vendor for the very first time. So I feel like through healing, I healed me for me to now communicate with her without making her, her behaviors wrong. It's just, you can do better and do better because you need to change your vibrational space. Because when you heal, you heal a generation. Like that's something I've been reading like a yeah. lot lately. Mm -hmm. And it was making me think about like, what about, because when you think about generation, you think about like a kid, right? So I was challenging myself and I was like, what about my friends who don't have kids? I'm the only one with a child. And so it's just making me think about, well, impact, going back to the word impact, who you're going to interact with, because like my friends are going to interact with my child. They're going to interact with their nieces and nephews and just other people and even your parents, right? Especially if your parents are still around as you heal yourself, you impact the generation behind you. Mm -hmm. So your ancestors and, you know, the forward generation. So that's beautiful to just hear and just hear you reflect on, you know, your mom. So I'm curious to see like a year from now, what things are going to look like from her, right? Like, I feel like things are going to continuously change for the better. Yeah. 
Uh, my mom was my first teacher. She, going back to hygiene, she's the one that took me on my first date. So I based my business based off my experience. Mm-hmm. She took me to Sizzlers and we sat down and she let me order what I want. And she started talking about hygiene and like my body changing. So when I went through my hard time and homelessness and, and depression and how did I get here moment, I thought about how did I get here? Like, where, where did I start? Who taught me what? You know, I started to really break down things. And when I created my business, I really, it was a dedication to her, for other moms to really talk to their daughters or women and to talk to girls in their life about the foundation of themselves. Now, I still had a healing to go through for my personal self, but I have a foundation. And so, yeah, to your point, that in your life is important because if you don't have it, you're kind of floating in this world. And that's the scariest part of life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so how has doing this work impacted your mental health and your views? Did we ask that already? (laughs) I feel like we kind of Not really, but kind of. I feel like we did. But if you have anything else to add, please do so. You know, this work has impacted my mental health for the better. Um, Mm -hmm. And so much for the better because I I even to this day, even now, that's why I say it's just been a celebration of life in this this last month because I'm like, I did it. I went through this journey. I broke down, cried. I literally, everything that I felt I needed to experience, I needed to. And this space has impacted my mental health for the better because now when I approach people and you tell me no, your no means nothing to me anymore. Like, I don't care. I'm still going to do the work. And if I can't do the work with you, you'll see me doing it everywhere else because someone needs my spirit. Someone needs my energy. Someone needs this purpose. And I'm not going to waste it on you saying no because you don't want it to come from me. Not because I'm a black woman because you could be black too, but you just don't want it to come from me. Or you don't want to see me rise financially in a space that overshadows your finances. So initially, it was very detrimental to my mental health until therapy, until healing, until I understood that this is all just placements in this thing we call life. None of it to me is real. It's what people create. So I'm now creating what I want life to look like. So mental health for me is just (laughs) so important. It's so funny as you were talking, my daughter handed me a tampon. Come on, girl. It's ancestors, the spirits. It's funny though, because you were making me think as you were talking about like what your mom taught you. My mom was also very on top of teaching me about hygiene. Like I remember um, it was like phases. So I'll never forget like fourth grade, she got me this book, The Care and Keeping of You. And then it was like, she took me, I think it was like some red lobster kind of similar to yours. And she made me like this beaded package that she bought somewhere and it had like all my little things in it. Wow. And I remember her teaching like, this is your vagina. Like no one touches it. This is how you correctly clean it. That's a game Don't changer. put salt. Make sure you put a penny liner if it's light or when you're just starting, right? And introduce me to like, you know, this is what you want to take if it's hurting. If it's hurting too bad, like you take this, right? All those things. So it's funny now because my mom taught me early on and I was like two or three. Vagina and penis. We're not calling this anything else. This is what it is. This is who touches it. This is who doesn't. And so now it's funny her handing me this tampon because it's making me think about how I'm kind of teaching her the same things. This is what I use and I'm bleeding. You're not there yet. This is your vagina. So as you were saying, I was like full circle her to bring me that <laughs> and then reflecting on your mom. Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah, okay. Oh, sorry, I'm playing. What'd you say? Oh, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I just said it's a game changer. Like, I, I didn't have that. Like, 
I didn't have the and my, I have an older, older sister too. We talk about it to this day because I, I tell her too. I'm like, you didn't teach me nothing either. My mom didn't, you didn't, and she was like, well, she didn't teach me. You know, like she was just like, you know, we we didn't have that, and so like it was literally going as you go, like the basics, but like all these like a sit so down. This is exactly and all that. Absolutely not. Yeah. I wish. My mom said this exact thing to me, and that's why she said that she did that. Because she was like, nobody taught me. It was kind of like, it just happens, and then you kind of just figure it out. And she was like, she went to ask her mom, and her mom was like, here, you take this thing. And she was like, what do I even do no, with this? seriously. So this she was terrifying. like, I have to teach you, because I don't want you asking people questions yes. you ask the wrong person. Yeah. I, I wrote some notes down, so I don't forget. Because <laughs> um, that is true. It it is. Visuals are important. Um, I, so although I have my mom and my dad, I moved to Oklahoma City. Uh, I think it was like nine years old to go oh. live with my dad and my stepmom. Now you would think because I'm the only girl in the home that I would get the support from another woman amongst all the boys in the house and the man. I didn't. She was horrible. She was mean. She didn't teach me how to become a woman. She just kind of degraded me as a girl. Um, thank God I have the love of my dad. So all of that overshadowed, but at the same time, I didn't learn. I learned trauma. I learned and saw how to operate in toxicity, which I feel was a part that contributed to the relationship that didn't sustain for me. Um, so all these things I, I really understood now through therapy, but here I was a senior in high school. I used a tampon for the first time. I put the entire plastic applicator there and I did not do it correctly. Um, I was traumatized. I'm walking through the halls at the school, like tiptoeing in tears. <laughs> and it wasn't until years later that my younger sister, when I moved back to California, taught me how to use it. So yeah, not knowing is, it's just, yeah. it's not, yeah. 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 And I'm sorry you had to go through that. And I think those pieces, like that's even further. It's like one for, you know, a parent or, or, or like women figures just not to know how to talk about it. It's even worse when it's nasty and it's degrading and it's like this, there's nasty and malicious intent behind it. That's even worse, yeah. you know? So it's like, you had to like relearn and unlearn and feel confident about all these. That's, that's hard. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm so, so glad that you're doing this work. Um, I want to hear a little bit about this Ghana trip. Can you share with us like how people can support and like what this piece in specifics is all about? Yeah, so I'm really excited. This will be the third year and the um, conference that we created out there is getting bigger and bigger because more schools are asking for our support. But also more people in my network is like, hey, I want to go. How can we make this happen? Um, so right before this call, I was on our call that we do every week. Um, so it originated because I have a business partner who has a nonprofit. Um, it's Purpose Youth Foundation. So I do hygiene workshops for her organization. And she asked me right after we started going into COVID, like 2020, yeah, 2020, hey, would you be interested in going to Ghana and speaking about hygiene? Mind you, I got my passport in 2020. I had no intentions I was going to Ghana. I only got my passport because my son was like, hey, I'll be back from going to Mexico. And I'm like, what? You need your passport? He's like, mom, I got my passport. What? Okay, you don't want to get a passport. You don't want to get a passport because my son had his passport. 
And as soon as I got it, and here we are in COVID, I was like, oh, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to be an international speaker. That's my mission. And six months later, I was asked to go to Ghana. So I was manifesting this. And it was so surreal. I can tell you, and I replayed the video every now and again on my Instagram, that when I went to the first school, before I can just start talking about the stuff of hygiene, I just broke down in tears. And I had to just thank those kids, thank the entire district of students and, and teachers just for having me. I mean, it's surreal. You know, in high school, I was told that because dirty is nasty. You know, you don't want to be there. It's dangerous. And when you right. get there, it's beautiful. It's welcoming. You know, it, it's surreal. It's it's an experience. Um, so that's how it started. I was invited to go to speak about hygiene. And when I spoke at the college, it literally was about hygiene, sustainability, our hygiene machines, and why it's important that these students have um, access to resources. And here last year when I went, uh, the college surprised me where they now install hygiene machines around the campus in honor of the talk that we had last year and the layout that I laid out for them. So if that answers the question. Yes. Wow. So this is the third year. Yeah. Educate to elevate. Educate to elevate. Um, Thank you for sharing that. We're going to put all this information in the description so folks know how they can support. Because you're still accepting donations, right? Because you, it's, it's a lot, like you said, financially that goes into taking all of these different products to a completely different continent. Um, so we're going to put all the things in the description. Um, is there any takeaways that you have for this episode that you want to leave our guests with? Usually, it could be anything. It could be another quote. It could be whatever you're feeling right now. You know, um, I'm going to shy away from the thing, the work itself. That's great. I feel like that's the purpose. Um, if anything I could take away, I would say go find you, um, whoever you are, because I didn't know who I was. Like, I was in a full-on relationship for X amount of years, and I left that relationship talking about you, you did, you, you did. I was the best girl ever, and generally I am. But my un- <laughs> You know, I'm a wonderful person, but when I look at the Nakia now versus the Nakia, I don't remember my 30s. I don't remember any of the significant parts of my life because that wasn't the real version of me. And now that I'm operating in my true purpose and power, everything that I'm doing is in help of others, of service, and I'm getting so much more in return from everyone that's participating in anything that I'm doing. So whatever it is that your listeners are doing, um, make sure that it's in their purpose and not just within the power of their reach. Like your purpose goes so much beyond your physical reach. So find you, like that's That's the post. (laughs) Thank you so much. I think that's a great point to wrap it up. We don't need to add nothing else to this episode, y'all. I think that that was a good conversation. And we want to thank you for joining us today on Black Women Healing Podcast. Thank you so much.